0: Hello, hello, welcome and happy new year. I'm Charlotte, and today's 20 and trying guest is Katie Cruz, a social strategist, consultant, and founder of Cruz Creative. Katie, who worked as a production assistant for Refinery 29 on their Snapchat and Instagram team, took a giant leap this past leap year. She quit her job and went to start her own company, Cruz Creative. Her clients include Bumble, Coach, High Anxiety, and she's the community manager for Let's Fucking Date social media. In this episode, Katie and I talk about everything ranging from the madness that was 2020, struggling during your 20s, the importance of asking for help, and taking that leap, especially during this decade, because it's during your 20s where there's a net to catch you. Katie is truly iconic, and this has been one of my favorite episodes to record of all time. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the magic that is Katie. Hi! Hi! How are you? I'm good, how are you? Good, good. I'm so excited. Also, if you hear, like, little ringing and dinging, it's my two dogs. Not. Who may just like... <laughs> Who are very ill-behaved, so they may, like, kind of it's wander. It's fine. My dog does
1: not understand Zoom calls or FaceTimes, and she, like, loves attention, so she'll just bark during them. So my mom, that's been a bright side. My mom just takes her away. So I don't know what I'm going to do when I don't have my mom to just grab her and <laughs>
0: find out. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Katie, if you're ready, we can just jump in. Let's do it. It's my first podcast ever. So. I'm so excited. I have been following your career without realizing that it was your career. So I'm so excited (laughs) and we'll kind of get into that a little bit later. But when I think of social media, I have something in my head and knowing that you were really at the forefront of it. It just blows my mind. Oh, thank you. So the first question, I think we can all agree 2020 has collectively been a very strange, difficult year but we Mm. all need some optimism. So what is something positive that you are optimistic about regarding the upcoming week?
1: Wow. The upcoming week or the upcoming year or both? Why not both? Okay, so yes, 2020 has been a doozy. I mean, wild. I can't even like scratch the surface with all the things that happened. I just like think back to when the murder hornets popped up in this chapter of the story and I was like, let's just close this book right now. But I'm... You know, I'm feeling a little bit optimistic. I think like despite the madness, people have been really strong and they've persevered and they've pivoted. And I personally have pivoted I quit my job <laughs> at the end of February and then little Miss Rona popped up and I like broke the lease and I've been living with my mom and stepdad and, you know, I'm feeling really good about next year. Not because, you know, coronavirus is going to magically disappear because that's not going to happen, but, you know, I feel financially stable. I feel independent. And I think that those are some really great things, especially going into a new year. And I just think that things are, can only get better we can only get better from here you know the vaccines going out and things will
0: look up hopefully I completely agree I think that feeling of being independent is something Mm -hmm. that I keep hearing specifically at least with people who are in their early 20s that they're trying to get to because you're in your 20s you feel like you're supposed to be a grown-up but especially with COVID happening, it's very hard for some people to feel like that when they're mm-hmm. living with their parents. So yeah, it's a strange time. But you mentioned this year has been full of a lot of changes. You quit your job at Refinery29, mm-hmm. you broke a lease, you're moving to Miami. <laughs> and you also started Cruise Creative, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so what are some lessons that 2020 taught you? So wow, it's,
1: it's interesting, because I think back to like, end of January, when I was I felt so defeated in some meetings that I was in. And I just remember running outside of my apartment, not my apartment building, my office building. It was the middle of the day. I had just had this really upsetting meeting. I felt belittled. I was just not having it. I remember crying to my mom on the phone, just sitting in like a public New York City bench, just outside the office building, freezing my ass off and being like, I can't do this anymore. And I think back to that moment a lot, because I think back to like me being able to just finally say, you know what, I cannot do this anymore. Like this has been a slow burn. And it finally just combusted in my face. And I had to figure something out. I had to do something about it. And I'm such a type A person. I love to plan. I'm a true Taurus. I'm stubborn. I like to like have the answers and give the answers and all that stuff. And for the first time, I felt like I didn't have the answers, but I was ready for a change because it was just breaking me down too much. And when I quit, I even like looked back to my email that I had sent them and the email that I sent everyone. I was like, you know, there's no better day to leap than on leap day. <laughs> I have to take a chance on myself. I've learned a lot. I appreciate it, but I know that I'm not being supported and respected and, you know, giving me the like, not only money, but just credibility. Like I just wanted a pat on the back now, like Mm -hmm. every now and then. And when I did that, I was like, okay, I'll figure it out. I got it. And I had interviews lined up and I had like freelance gigs lined up. And then my last week at refinery, was supposed to be the week of, it ended March 13th. So it was gonna end on like a Friday the 13th. And that was the first week that Corona happened. Mm -hmm. So my last week at Refinery was virtual. Like it was literally just online. So I didn't even have a proper goodbye. There was no like send off or anything. I was just kind of like, okay, there's a pandemic all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. And I quit my job and I'm packing up my dirty laundry thinking that I was going to be back in my Brooklyn apartment within two weeks. I thought it was like a two weeks, you know, and then that's it. We're done. Like it's all gone. No, I was wrong. So me packing up my apartment was the last time I was there until I like saw my friend some point in June, but I hired movers. They packed up my apartment and that was that, but Something I've really learned about myself is that I've always known that I was strong, but I'm really fucking strong. (laughs) You know, I've always thought I was a tough cookie and I've never wanted to just kind of say like, you know what, I need help. And I think there's beauty in asking for help. And I think also something I've learned about myself is that because I never really had a proper mentor growing up or in the workplace, I kind of always had to figure out that I really want to be that for someone. And I really want to continue like to uplift others and help them along the way, because I wouldn't be where I am today without the help of so many other people, like beyond my family, beyond my friends who obviously they're gonna help me out. Like the people that have really made a big impact in my life for the people that I met three years ago at an internship, and then they got me this job and then they opened this door for me. So I always wanna just continue to do that for other people. I feel like I've learned so much about myself this year. I could, like, ramble forever, but I just think I'm really fucking strong, and I want to be more for others, not just for myself, and I'm just ready for the challenges. I feel more confident than ever in my work, and I think it took me being on my own for me to really see what I was capable of, so I think that's been a really great lesson in 2020. I also know that I can't live with parents, so...
0: (laughs) I think that's a collective lesson that a (laughs) lot of us learned. It's hard, especially like I was away at college. You Mm -hmm. had your own apartment. You were adulting. Yeah. No one's going to see the air quotes that I just did, but (laughs) that word that we use now, I know that I'm struggling to adjust to being back home, but that was just being at college. So I can only imagine what it's like for you.
1: Yeah, it's such an adjustment because I think we, I graduated college in 2017. So ever since I started college, I was like, I got my apartment, I got my house, I got my independence, I got my little car, I can room around, you know. And now it's like, I had my apartment, I had my job. Then I went from like wanting a job to not having my apartment, to not having people around me. I see more deer than I see humans. And it's been very lonely, and it's been really trying for many different reasons, but I think I find solace in knowing that so many people are in the same boat as me, and I'm not just giving up, and I'm living with parents. This is a very circumstantial situation for so many of us that I find comfort in knowing I'm not alone.
0: (laughs) You said the magic word, which was trying, and I think I felt that same sense of defeated and knowing I worked so hard for x amount of years and I'm applying to all these jobs and it's a struggle but I'm not alone and we're not alone and that was why I wanted to create this podcast for this collective sense like okay I can breathe I'm not a failure because Mm -hmm. of this we're living through a pandemic how many people have been able to say that
1: Right. And I also think that what I love about your podcast is I always tell people, I'm like, people do not talk about how hard your 20s are. Like they do not talk about it enough. I read this book called The Defining Decade. I'm sure you've read it. And Why I started this. (laughs) And I read that my first year out of college, because I was really going through something, you know, it's a massive adjustment period. And people don't talk about it, you go from having this finite structure of okay, you start school when you're in pre-k, you end when you're at the end of college, you have classes, you have structure, you're graded, and then all of a sudden, you don't have the structure. You don't have like an A, a B, a grade to like measure your level of success. And it's like a really hard adjustment period. And people are just like, oh, your 20s are so fun. Like, you're so young. You're at the prime. And you're like, really? Because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> I'm just figuring it out as I go, you know? I remember in that book, we talked about the story that this person felt like they were just swimming in the middle of the ocean, just treading water, not knowing which direction to go. And it's so many times I've just remembered that story and resonated with it cuz I'm like I'm just running water don't know
0: where to go but I know the path will eventually show me itself eventually there was one chapter in that book and I can't remember if it was about treading water but it was this woman who had gotten all A's during school and that was how mm-hmm. she measured her success and yeah. then when she graduated she was like well I don't know what to do next and I remember reading that and just thinking oh fuck like yeah. That was me all through school. I made myself absolutely nutty, stressed myself out to the point. No one should feel the stress Mm -hmm. to get A's. And I graduated during the middle of a pandemic. It's not that simple path. You work Mm -hmm. really well. You go to grad school. Like I'm a journalism major. You don't really go to grad school when you study journalism. You can, but it's not something everyone tells you to do, like with a science degree or something like that. And I was the person who really focused on school. So Mm -hmm. I remember that reading that and just thinking, you know what? I have to forge my own path. I have to figure something out. No one's going to tell me or no one's going to give me a pat on the back. Like, yay, you did really well. Here's a gold star. You just need to do it and go through it. And I know we kind of took like a weird tangent here. But when you were, (laughs) oh my gosh, you were able to hit the nail on the head. This is why I started the podcast. So to be able to talk with someone about it, it just makes my heart so happy. (laughs) Good, I'm glad. You talked about really not having a mentor. Mm -hmm. And when I think of social media and specifically growing in the vertical platform, I think of Refinery29, always on Snapchat, IGTV, but you were a catalyst for that. Mm-hmm. Do you have anyone that's at least within social media that is an inspiration or is it just you really figuring out what does and doesn't work?
1: Yeah, so I had a really interesting journey. Um, I first started on the Snapchat Discover team and I was hired as a production assistant, which media companies, they say you're a PA, but they don't really know what title they're giving you and all of the tasks that fall into that umbrella So I was doing a lot of like copy editing and being in videos and producing and you name it. I kind of did everything. And then I started doing this two team straddle of Snapchat and Instagram and basically who brought me into the Instagram world. Her name is Larisse McMillian and she is the best. She is also a Taurus baby. We vibe so well. She's just a year older than me. And if there was ever anyone that kind of helped me along the way, I would say that it was Larice. We just had to figure shit out. We always had managers that had no idea what they were doing, and we either had to teach them or just manage up, which was always incredibly frustrating. But we worked really well together, and I think of everything that she's done and everything that she will do, and I just. I'm so proud of her. She's still there, but she's great. I just love her. But in terms of like an older, like someone who's like older, when I think of mentor, I think of someone who's like, I've done this. Here's the path that I took. It might not be the same for you, but let's get you to this point. And I'll like hold your hand to help you figure it out. You know, Mm -hmm. something that you can learn from and like really think from like a higher level perspective and also be like, here's how to ask for a raise. Here's what your resume should look like. Those kind of tips that you never really get. You know, when you're an intern, you're, you do all these like remedial tasks for the most part. And if you're lucky, you get to do some really cool stuff. But working in refinery, they kind of just throw stuff at you and they're like, figure it out. And I think that's why Serena and I, Serena Kerrigan and I always talk about r nine grad school. And we think of ourselves as, you know, alums of Refinery29 and we consider it a grad school because we have a PhD in many different things because they're like, okay, you're one person, but here are the tasks for six people. You know, towards the end of my time at Refinery, I was doing everything for Instagram by myself. My manager had quit at the beginning of the year and I was by myself, legitimately by myself doing everything. And I just never want anyone to feel like they're alone because I've been in that position and it's just crazy. But arch 29 grad school does fuck as Serena would say, and it's just a testament to the people who work there because we're given so many things to do and we just crank it out. And that's why so many people leave there being so successful once they take the leap out because they've had to do so many things with little guidance for so long that now it's finally like on their terms or at a company that sees their value and gives them the promotion and the raise and all those beautiful things that you hope for. But yeah, Larise McMillian, I would say she was the one who held my hand the most.
0: You perfectly segued into my next question <laughs> by that entire answer. You really were a one man show or one woman show at refinery. Yeah so how do you think that experience prepared you to create Cruise Creative?
1: I would definitely say because I've never really felt like a support from a higher level, I always had to quit like think on my feet. And I went to school. This is like back, back story, but I went to UM thinking I was going to be a neuroscience major and I was going to be an oncologist. I was a neuroscience major for three years. And then I have a public health degree actually. oh Yeah. My so, God. so I've never taken a marketing class. I've never, you know, I don't have a degree in marketing. This is all self-taught. I've always seen myself as like, I know sometimes people don't like the word hustler, but I will work for what I want. And Mm -hmm. I will, if I don't know it right now, I will teach myself. And I think that that's a really great skill to have because at my time in Refinery, I was like, okay, I can figure it out, I can do it. And I think like that kind of skill set and that mentality really set me up for success now because I always had to be really organized, managing myself pretty much. And now I'm actually managing myself with multiple different clients. And I think the biggest obstacle is just making sure you don't forget anything and that everything is set, and you're not letting anything slip through the cracks. And I think that my time at Refinery kind of set me up for that, not only because I used a sauna at Refinery and now I use a sauna for my personal stuff, but also just because I always had to be on top of it. And there was always a lot of moving parts and not the best communication, which is always kind of hard to manage. That now, when I have different clients that are different personalities, I'm more equipped to deal with them. Versus I think if you spoke to Katie two years ago, when she was like just, not two years ago, three well, three years ago at this point, when she was like maybe just starting at Refinery, I wouldn't be able to handle the people that I handle now or the workload that I handle now, because now I'm like, oh, I got it, it's no big deal. But it's like I said, like R29 grad school, they really don't give you much and you have to figure it out, but that helps you out so much
0: once you leave because you've been doing it for a while. I think within the internships that I've had, I learned a lot about myself and how I thrive in a workplace environment or what I need to do to adjust to be able to have that experience. And although it's an internship versus an actual job or your grad school, as you're calling it, (laughs) it's that same thing. And also knowing, okay, what do I need to be successful? Totally. And I think hustle culture creates a very competitive environment. But there's nothing wrong with knowing, okay, you know what? I am going to work hard and I'm going to teach myself. That's not a, whore, that's not a bad skill right. to have. That's amazing. And I think the millennial generation gets a very bad rap that they're lazy or they're going to give up. No, I think that it's a stereotype, but there's also mm-hmm. a big section of the millennial culture that is willing to work their ass off and Absolutely. shift in a different way that maybe Gen X didn't even know existed.
1: Totally. I think it's just circumstantial. I think like, you know, people always talk about millennials this, and Gen Z that, and Gen X that. And it's like, like, oh, when I was your age, I paid for college. And I'm like, okay, your college was like $10,000 in the four years. So like, great for you. I'm so proud of you. But mm-hmm. like, let's talk now. Let's talk 2020. Let's talk about what's going on right now in this moment. I'm so proud of you. That's great. It doesn't discredit your efforts. But the younger generation, Gen Z is experiencing something that we never experienced. they are mm-hmm. Growing up on social media, I would not want to have that life for myself. And it's like the generation after that is going to have a different challenge that they're going to have to overcome. So these like generational stereotypes, they just piss me off because I was like, shut up. We all have our own battles. Like, let's just not compare and contrast and let's just help each other as we move forward and rant.
0: (laughs) No, I have to say, I think that is entirely on point. Also, I have like this, it's horrible. I have started binging Survivor mm-hmm. and they did one season and it was competition of the generations and it's so toxic because it creates this strange division but it's so good. It's definitely my guilty pleasure this <laughs> time during this holiday season. Whatever helps us you know. I've like watched
1: and rewatched New Girl. I've watched so many shows. America's Like Savato is my current
0: binge. Know oh, <laughs> when we look back at this past year, it will be, okay, what were people watching? So circling back to your experience, when I think of digital media, I think mm-hmm. of what you were doing. So social media also has a lot of great things because it amplifies voices, which need to be amplified, mm-hmm. but there's also a not-so-pretty side where people think because you're not saying it directly to someone's face- right it's okay to say some things. So how do you balance both the good and the not so good of social media?
1: Yeah, I would definitely say that's the hardest thing that I have to deal with in my job and also just not feeling like I can disconnect. I hate community management for this exact reason because everyone is brave behind a screen. You know, everyone feels like they can say what they want when realistically like you're sitting on your couch And you're bored and you thought, you know what, let me talk some shit. And I just don't think people understand that like there is weight behind their words. And that's just not what we should be doing (laughs) because everyone's going through something. They're going through something and that's maybe how they're dealing with it. But I'm not for that. I know on my pages, especially for Let's Fucking Date, whenever there's negative commentary, I always address it. And if it's really bad, I don't even give them the time of day and I just delete it and I'll block them. Because you know what? Good riddance. We don't need that kind of energy in our lives. I think social media is so hard just for those reasons because people feel entitled almost to giving their opinion because you're posting XYZ on a public forum. And I understand that it is a public forum, but we didn't ask for your opinion. So don't give it, you know, it kind of breaks my heart too. like to like see stories or hear stories of the younger generation specifically of so and so said this and I, now I'm getting bullied online and this is what they're saying and all this stuff and I think two things I think kids are mean and people are mean when they're going through things the most I think those people who are the bullies tend to need therapy. You know, I saw a meme that was like, we're in therapy because of people who should go to therapy. And I think that that goes into cyberbullying too. And the good and the bad, I think it's also kind of like on people to be a little bit more honest with their experiences on social media. You know, if they feel like they want to be, I'm not telling everyone what to do on their platforms, but I know I try and not to paint a beautiful picture all the time. Like when I'm having a bad day. I'm not going to be like, everything's hunky-dory, like toxic positivity. I'm not on that train. Like sometimes days suck and that's fine, but I would never want someone to get the false impression that everything is perfect because I posted this cute picture of my dog. So I think it's kind of a balancing act. Like when I see the negative comments, I'll address them or I'll delete them. I think it's kind of like You can remove people from your social platforms. I think you need to cleanse them as you would cleanse like your home or your mind. You meditate to like clean your brain. So why not unfollow, block, delete? Like, let's just take control of things that we can control. And if 2020 has like taught me anything, it's that it's so important to just have good people in your corner Mm -hmm. and just be loved and be cared for and supported by those who you choose to surround yourself with. So if we can control that, let's at least control that because everything else is like completely out of our hands. So just delete people, unfollow them, block them. Do what you got to do to like protect your little heart and also don't be the bully because that's not cool. Mm-hmm,
0: yeah. So. I love how you said cleanse your social media as you would cleanse your home or your mind. That's something we don't even, I don't even think people would draw the parallel mm-hmm. because there's that saying like new year, new you. Okay, well, what are you uh-huh. doing? Like- are you creating goals? Are you manifesting? You're always on your phone. If you don't do anything to address that, what were those goals for? What was that manifestation for? I think it's so easy for people just to go back to like past
1: versions of themselves. You know, it's like you think about you're in a relationship with someone and people always say like block your ex, delete your ex, unfollow them because you don't need to go back to that past relationship. But that goes beyond a romantic relationship. That can go, like, to the girl who bullied you in seventh grade. I have a seventh grade bully. Like, oh. you don't need to follow them on social mm-hmm. media. You don't actually care about what they're posting. You don't care about what they're doing. So why pretend? I think it's just like this weird game that people play. And we just need to actually follow and engage with people who we genuinely give a fuck about. Otherwise, we're wasting our time. There's no time to be wasted.
0: Thank you. I, so I was bullied horribly, but it was also before I got on social media. So those people, like, it's so funny. I created my like social media handles specifically because I didn't want these bullies to find me. That was when I was 12. I'm 23 now. And that handle has stuck for 11 years and people think it's my last name, which is just so ironic. So obviously everyone can find me now, but it's like, while I don't really care. Like, I'm not horribly scarred, like, by the things that you said to me when I was 10 or 11. I don't want you, I don't need to see what you're doing.
1: Yeah, like, why bother?
0: Mm -hmm. And you were also saying that you're not on the train for toxic positivity. Is that where your sky mantras came from?
1: So actually, sky mantras was more so a bandwidth situation. It was kind of when I was still doing a two team straddle and I was going absolutely bonkers because all of a sudden I was responsible for designing things on Photoshop. And I was like, guys, like I'm a public health major. How many times do I have to tell you? Like, I've never taken a design class. Photoshop makes my eyes twitch. I can't be cranking out all of these like designs. Like I don't know what I'm doing. And now I'm way more comfortable in Photoshop and no longer makes my eyes twitch that much. But at the time I was so overwhelmed that I was like, what can I do to give myself some assets or like give myself a creative window and creative like freedom that I'm excited about, that I can also use for refinery sometimes. So my first one, I I did it like 2018. And I remember I was in the film studio. I was like filming something for, we were filming something. I don't remember what it was. And I just saw an expo marker and it was this gorgeous sunset. And I was like, what if I just wrote on the window? And I remember Larisse was there and she was like, do it, do it. And I was like, okay, let's do it. And that's basically how they were born. And ever since then I had posted like, I I think like two or three on refinery and they wanted to take credit for it. They wanted to stop allowing me to tag myself. So I said, okay, then I won't post them (laughs) on refinery. It's fine. I'll just continue to post them on my personal. Mm -hmm. And it's, been an incredible thing just to own because I feel like it's really resonated with people and it's really just kind of blown up in ways that I did not expect it to blow up. And I think that's kind of a testament to like the ideas that come to you when you're kind of strapped and when you're like, okay, what do we do? Like how can I get this to work? And it's like in those moments of panic almost that some of the best things come to you. And that's kind of how Sky Matches were born. I try and keep it real. I try not to be like everything's awesome, you know, chin up, don't cry. I think cry. (laughs) It's okay. You'll feel better after it. Mm -hmm. And so I I try and keep it as real as possible just because I think that's what we all need. I think we need just like honesty and just some genuine content and just a break, a pause Mm -hmm. from everything in the world. So that's kind of how my little babies were born. And I I really had no idea that people would be so receptive towards them and love them as much as they do. And now I'm like, okay, I got some plans for you. I'm going to make something next year. One of my 2021 goals is to kind of like capitalize off of them and turn them into their own full-grown child instead of my baby. So... We'll see what twenty twenty one brings for them, but it's been great. It's been a journey. I love doing it, and I love sunsets and I love clouds. I've always been such like a sunset girl, which I think is so lame to say, but
0: oh, Miami, is Miami girl, great sunset, yeah. So I'm just
1: saying, it's the Miami girl in me. I'm just like, oh, sun, clouds, palm trees, like give it to me. So now I'm coming back. So sky marches are going to be next level. <laughs> so
0: Definitely can- a different location, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Oh my gosh, I'm ready for new views.
0: (laughs) Yes, with 365 days of hot sun. Well, yeah, except for when it's horrible and rainy, but you know what they say about Miami. If you don't like the weather, wait five minutes, yeah.
1: Yeah, literally just like look to the other side of the sky and it's bright blue and then this is going to be like a dark, dark cloud.
0: Exactly. Um, (laughs) I love sky mantras and when I see them because they're honest and it's this same kind of thinking you know what? Yeah. It's okay that I'm not okay. It's okay that I'm feeling like this because Mm -hmm. I can post a photo of myself on Instagram where it looks okay. Just, Mm -hmm. and I think that that's sometimes why people post on social media because they want that positive reinforcement when they're not feeling good, but it's also not authentic. And I think Sky Mm -hmm. Mantras has that authenticity that we are all craving desperately in 2020.
1: Yeah, I see them as kind of like reminders that I need myself. And I'm like, maybe someone else needs that. And when I had first started posting them, I was like, this is just something I want for me. And then I would sometimes get like a response in my DMs being like, I really needed this. And I just love that. I love that something so simple can be so beautiful and leave an impact for someone or be the necessary reminder that they needed in that moment on that day. It just like means the world to me. I just like want people to feel loved all the time. (laughs)
0: I love that. (laughs) So now going into 2021, starting Mm -hmm. a new year, really starting a new project, let's say. Yeah. What's one thing that you know now that you wish you knew when you were starting in your field?
1: Wow. One thing I knew now. It's not that serious. Yeah, it's not that serious. I always like talk to like my clients that I consult and I know people get so wrapped up in social media and the visuals and the captions the stories and you know they're like oh but if I mess up like someone's gonna catch it
0: it doesn't matter
1: <laughs> we're not saving lives here we're being creative in a certain outlet like we're posting something we're publishing something we can delete it <laughs> you know we can edit it I always think back to like when I was first starting off and I would pick out and be like, oh my God, but I put a typo on the Snapchat story and like, oh my God, it doesn't matter. It really does not matter. And this is something that my brother actually taught me years ago when I was having this like panic attack because that exact situation happened. He works in film and TV and he is used to kind of like working project to project. That's basically the nature of that industry. And I just remember like having this panic and he turned to me and he was like, Katie, it doesn't fucking matter. He was like, it doesn't matter. Tomorrow, it doesn't matter. Next week, it doesn't matter. No one is going to remember. You aren't going to look back when you're 50 and be like, oh, I remember when I was 22, I posted that thing and God, that was horrible. Like those aren't the things that we are going to remember. So it's not that serious. Like I try and have the mentality of, we'll test things out if it doesn't stick. It doesn't stick. We'll think of something else. You know, it's not in stone. And people are always like, oh my God, I can't do it. But it's really not that serious. I honestly cannot say it enough.
0: I was going to ask if that mentality stemmed from your degree, because you said you majored in neuroscience. You have a minor in public health?
1: A major. so I was majoring in neuroscience and I switched my junior year, literally like the end of my Mm -hmm. junior year, I switched to public health because I was like, I don't want to be a doctor anymore. (laughs) It's like, I don't want to start my life at 33. And yeah, I think it definitely stems from that. I, I have friends who are in medical school. I have friends who like are lawyers and very like accomplished people. And I think we are all successful in our own fields. And I also know that something that I do isn't going to directly hurt or harm someone because I have control over that. And I would never use my words to hurt or harm but my actions would never hurt or harm anyone. And I think that people like get so stressed out about things. And I'm like, I'm not a doctor. I'm not slicing you open and like doing a surgery on you. So if I mess up, it's okay. You know, it's not like do or die. Mm -hmm. But I think that's definitely from that pivot because I remember I'm so stubborn that I didn't want to change my majors. I was like, I'm going to be a doctor. I told myself I was going to do it. And when I finally kind of gave up on that, I was like, oh. Even that wasn't that serious. You know, like even changing my mind, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's definitely where that's a good idea. That's probably where I came from.
0: And it, the experiences that you've had are unparalleled. <laughs> you've worked with some amazing people and some amazing corporations. Who knows that if you had your major in neuroscience mm-hmm. or were going to med school, what that experience would look like? Totally. Especially during. The middle of a pandemic yeah
1: mm-hmm. yeah it's funny because my mom always tells me that looking back the dots always connect and in the moment when you're having like a when you're upset about something and someone tells you it all happens for a reason and you'll it'll make sense down the road you're like oh shut up like just let me be upset for now stop mm-hmm. trying to make me feel better but you know when I'm sitting here in this chair right now a lot of things don't make sense probably But I can look back and say, you know what? Things fell exactly where they needed to fall for me to get to where I am right now. And I think that that'll just continue to be true as I progress the next days, weeks, months, so-and-so. So So, it's all about like dealing with the hand that you're dealt and
0: figuring out
1: how to go from there.
0: I agree. Like it's easy to, especially seeing those rejection after rejection after rejection going Mm -hmm. through when applying for jobs. Yeah. You can feel your feelings. And I think that's something we're all really trying to normalize right now. It's okay to be sad, but also remember, okay, this didn't work out. Things happen for a reason. I'm going to remember this, the right job is going to come along mm-hmm. when it comes along.
1: Totally. I think it's kind of a fine line of it's okay to be sad, but also like let's celebrate our joys, you mm-hmm. know? I don't think that people celebrate their joys enough. Like if you're doing something totally awesome, I want you to be proud of it. I want you to be like boasting about it and being like, look what I did. How cool is that? And I think that sometimes people feel like uncomfortable being like, oh my God, I did this really cool thing. Like, do you want to hear about it? And I think that's where like having just the right people around you is really important because I know I'll like talk to my friends and my friends back in Miami have been like my best friends since sixth grade. And I'll like be like, oh my God, like Daniel, like look, look at this thing. And my friends are like, oh my God, that's amazing. I'm so proud of you. Like you're killing it. I'm like, You're killing it. And I think that's so important because obviously, yeah, it's really hard to go through these rejections. But the day that you get something that really sticks, like the people around you, you're going to be like, look at that. You worked so hard for that. Mm -hmm. You know how many times I cried over rejections? I was literally rejected from refinery when I was at my first job in the city. And I remember hysterically crying. Like I had one of those movie moments where like you fall against the door and you fall to the floor and and it was like a super ugly day and I cried in Bryant Park and it was raining, of course. And this like stranger man came up to me and I was like, this is such a New York moment. And that's real and that happens. But then like when something great comes along, you're like, ha ha, suckers. You could have had me <laughs> and <you> don't. <laughs> so this, that's real.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think we need to sell. And that's, I think, why I wanted to start off this episode with you know what what's something good that you're excited about what's something that you're optimistic about because it's okay to feel both things you can be upset about one thing in the moment but also think about like I have a roof over my head right now Mm -hmm. I'm living with my parents but I'm also living with my parents who I love so while it's okay to admit things aren't always sunshine and rainbows you still want to take the photo of that rainbow when you see it. it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Take a photo of the rainbow when you see it. That's true.
0: But you know what? If you like one thing that I say, that's like a win for me because <laughs> I've been just soaking in all of your words and enjoying everything you say.
1: Oh, thank you. I, I feel like I ramble, but I'm glad there's some,
0: some good in there. 100%. <laughs> and the last question. Okay. I started this podcast because our 20s are really hard. Mm-hmm. And no, so no I- one tells us how hard they are, so what is one advice that you would give to someone who is trying to make the most of their 20s?
1: Oh, okay. I would say try things out. Um, I take the risk because you're so young that people are there to pick you up if you fall. I've always been worried of having to ask for help and I think that there's beauty in that and I think like because we are in our 20s and because we're still like we're young and like our parents are God willing, if they are able to help, they will be there to help lift you back up. If you fall, if you apply for a job, if you move to another state, if you move to another country, you can always come back home, right? Like we're in a pandemic, we're, we're home right now. So that's just a testament to like, try things out, see if they stick. Don't put too much of like your self-worth into the things that you do, because there is a chance that it doesn't work out. If it does work out, incredible but just try things out. Take the risk, take the leap. You might just like land somewhere fucking incredible or your friends are going to be there with like a net to catch you and like put you back on your feet so then you can run and do another leap somewhere else. I think just don't put too much weight and like worry on it. And I'm preaching to myself right now because I do this all the time, but take the risk. You never know where you're going to land. And I think I'm an example of that right now. Like I quit my job without anything lined up the pandemic happened I started freelancing now I'm at the point that I'm way more financially stable than I was working at refinery wow. and I'm doing a move and I'm gonna be able to hire a part-time virtual assistant like that is something that I never thought that was gonna be on my radar at least in the near future like I never saw myself as a businesswoman I'm like I'm too like personable I thought I'd be like so stuffy and like wear a suit I don't own a suit I don't have a blazer but here I am like I have an LLC and I'm going to be hiring someone that's going to be helping me yes. under. And I think that that's incredible. But it's also because scared little Katie in February was like, fuck it, I'm going to do this and something's going to happen eventually. And here I am. But I think it's like in those moments of fear when we just kind of squash that fear and take the leap, that's where the beauty of things like start to kind of happen. So
0: just leap, run. And you left on leap day. I love yeah the symbolism. <laughs> and I'm so lame circle. no not at all when you told me about that I was like I think that's amazing sometimes you yeah. need like a day that's supposed to symbolize something to be the catalyst for something right. else and right there's God. no harm in that
1: I was like, this is poetic I gotta do it
0: <laughs> I love that and Katie thank you so much for yeah on my podcast you are amazing and mm-hmm. I know that your words resonated with me so in i'm
1: glad i'm glad i'm literally like ugh, i feel like we all just go through so much and people aren't really open about their things and i know my faults and i know like how i can help other people i know what i've been through you know we all have our story and if we can learn from it and help others along the way i think that's what's the most important especially this year this year really just like made me change my mentality about everything i was like i don't want to be lonely i want to be with my friends i want to help people out i want to be able to donate money i want to be able to have freedom i don't want to be locked in a shoebox apartment in new york city like it just changes everything so if i can help you i'm so glad i did and let me know how else i can help you truly
0: katie you can follow her at katie cruz and if you are interested in her sky mantras make sure to follow at sky mantras both will be linked in the description box below and i have some exciting news 20 and trying officially has its own instagram so if you're interested in all things 20 and trying make sure to follow us at 20andtrying.podcast on instagram We have some super exciting news coming up, so subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode or any new post. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great week.